So we're here for week seven, Steve, Jacqueline, and our um, new friend who's here with us briefly. Uh, what's his name, Steve? Reggie Mummy. Reggie Mummy. It's my new good luck charm after last night's stunning victory of the Philadelphia Eagles over the New York Giants. So Steve has picked up some Halloween decorations from our neighbors across the street that are moving. We got this mummy, which has moved about the house already and scared the crap out of me multiple times. I really, <laughs> I really thought last night in the foyer was going to be the worst of it, but he didn't get me last night. But he's become Steve's good luck charm because why? Because the Eagles won last night? Well, we displayed him outside and put the Reggie White jersey on him with the resurrect Reggie and try to get the some spirit of the defense back. And uh, it worked. So, yeah, well, that's what I'm going with. Okay. Bottom line is we are very superstitious in this house, at least on this side of the table. So we're going to continue to roll with Reggie mummy next week against so the Cowboys. Yeah. I got to hope that the um, <clears throat> Eagles lose next week so we can lose Reggie mummy. Um, and we're going to lose Reggie mummy out of here. Listen, I hate to tell you, but we got Dallas and then the giants the week after that. And then a bye. So Reggie Mummy might be here for at least a month. Hopefully, oh my God, Reggie Mummy, I'm spelled. He's probably off camera, so I think you're good. Okay, that's what I was trying for. All right, so let's see. All right, so first of all, so week week seven. It is week seven. Week seven podcast coming at you. Um, and we have to remember we're not very good at this, but um, if you're watching, please like and subscribe. If you're watching on YouTube, um, if you're listening, um on Facebook or I guess on um, the podcast sites. I don't really know how that works, but so yeah, just to summarize our newness to the <laughs> podcast world, um, the first couple of episodes were only on U YouTube, I think, and um, Facebook, Facebook because we were trying to figure out um, how it all works. You can't put an audio and then a video on some of them. So basically to summarize, you can go to YouTube, Facebook and see the video, Spotify, um, other apps that you would use to listen to podcasts, you can listen to the audio there. Um, if you go to Facebook, go to Married with Picks and uh, like the page and you can see the video there every week. And we send out on Facebook page, we we send out little updates uh, from the season during the week. Um, so we're going to try to get better at that. But all right. So let's do a quick recap of last week. So I think last week we didn't weren't I didn't like the schedule much, but in looking back, I think we were pretty good. Um, some of the plays that hit Titans, Colts. Um, I don't think that you technically took the Eagles, but they did um, put up a fight um, so that the Bang uh, Bengals, the Ravens didn't cover the spread on that one. Um, Steelers, Lions came through. Dolphins shut out the Jets. I liked Houston, and they screwed the pooch at the end of the game. It should have been a cover. I was huge on the Dolphins. We liked the Dolphins. Screwed the pooch. That's a Jersey term. Um, and then primetime, Andy Dalton came through. Love the 49ers against uh, the Rams. Primetime, Cardinals. That was an easy one. Um, it's a lot of good plays. A lot of good so fantasy updates or fantasy the, um, plays. Patriots, that game was interesting. And uh, I think... That was probably my biggest, the one I pumped up the most that lost because uh, I liked it in Survivor. Knocked me out of my Survivor pool. Um, 
And then the other interesting game was the Packers um, Bucks game, which um, I guess kudos to Todd Bowles, man. He really came through with a game plan. Yeah, so that one, at least when we recorded, I know I was a little bit back and forth. And you we're were starting to get into Tom Brady's not going to get embarrassed twice in a row. By the time Sunday came around, I was all in on Tampa. Yeah, I was on the Packers there completely. Um, but it was pretty impressive um, what Todd Bowles did to Aaron Rodgers. So let's get into this week because I know everybody's um, anxious to get some winners. For so, all right. seven. so this week, and first of all, we have to mention um, tomorrow is Steve's birthday. Uh, and uh, I don't know why, but um, historically on Steve's birthday weekend, we've had pretty um, good success. That was it was your week uh, birthday weekend, the weekend I won the FanDuel lineup um, last year when I hit the card um, for 2000. That was also your birthday weekend. Which, by the way, I just went to Delaware Park last week to cash out. I can't <laughs> believe that we got that in just in time. <laughs> Um, I got a lot of kudos from the cashier for not a not rebetting that money and B for waiting almost a year to cash in the ticket. I didn't have the heart to tell him it wasn't my winner. Um, well, we tried to cash it once before, but because of COVID, uh, we weren't yeah, able to. Didn't so. have a sport book. Well, that was like six months ago. <laughs> so when we were introducing the kids to horse racing, <laughs> degenerate parents. All right, all right. So let's get into this week's games. Um, so we'll go down the list. We're going to try to, we had, I think a comment, um, looking for a little more DFS fantasy information. So we'll try to, um, include those and maybe recap at the end if we, yeah, we um, have fantasy picks. It's just whether we start getting into <laughs> talking to these games and we remember. So at least we have it set up where at the end, we're going to go summarize any fantasy picks we didn't give. Um, so definitely at the end after the Chicago Rams Monday night game. All right. So first game on the list here is Cleveland at Cincinnati. Um, and this is the second meeting of these teams. So the first meeting, um, the Browns won 35 to 30. And um, in Cleveland, that was in Cleveland. This one is in Cincinnati. Joe Mixon is out for uh, the Bengals. And I believe Baker Mayfield is now recovered from his rib issue um, that he had last week. So. I don't know. Steve, what do you think about this game? I mean, I'm inclined to go with Cleveland still, um, but I don't know if there's any credence to the fact that normally when these division um, teams meet the second time around, that usually they usually split. Um, I, I would tell you I almost, and I know Cleveland's what, four and one, four and two. Uh, yeah. So they're not technically a bad team. But the way they played last week, they got manhandled. They kind of show that they're struggling when they show up against a really good defense. Well, yeah, Pittsburgh has a good defense. They probably put a lot of pressure on them. Um, Cincinnati is not going to do that. So Yeah, they've given up 157 points this year. Um, so they should have – Cleveland should theoretically have a lot more success. But to be honest with you, I'm, I don't have a big feeling on this game. I was getting ready to say when two bad teams play because I still think Cleveland's a bad team. Take the points – but I don't feel um, confident in Cincinnati at all. So I'm just staying away. It's not a play for me. Um, as far as fantasy goes, um, I believe Nick Chubb is still out. So Kareem Hunt would be a good play. And then you have Joe Mixon out. You could play Gio Bernard. Um, I don't know that I, that's a, you know, I think Giovanni Bernard strong at this play, point but is it's a, good... a cheap play on um, DFS. Yeah. DFS, if you're in your season long, you might be able to pick him up off your waiver wire. Um, if you're, you know, desperate for a running back, but I really like Hunt. I think Hunt's going to have a huge game. Yeah, for sure. 
Because um, that's what Cleveland wants to do. They want to run the ball. Um, all right. Next game. Dallas at Washington. NFC East battle here. Um, and I think you are on Washington. I'm going to fall in the trap again. I mean, I've been wrong so many times with these guys, and I, I don't know what it is. I just really like their defense. I'm strong on their defense. Um, now, every time I pick them, though, the offense, the, whoever the quarterback is, blows up and throws three picks. Now, I would, my initial take was Dallas, but there was some comments like the players made about the coaches. Um, and that's kind of just not a good scenario, considering the fact that it's a brand new head coach in there this year. Um, so, you know, kind of locker room discontent is not a good sign. Here's the big problem, right? If you're going to have locker room disconnect, content, <laughs> sorry, or disconnect, if, if the coach is going to disconnect from the players, what is needed right now for the Cowboys is for a leader to step up and take over to the locker room and, Hey, let's play for us. That leader is Dak Prescott. He's in the hospital. So that doesn't give me any confidence that there's anybody in Dallas that's going to step up and write the ship from a player's perspective. So I really like Washington here. I, I, I hesitate to over talk about this because I've been burned on Washington, but I do like Kyle Allen. I think if he gets some more time that he can be serviceable. Right. Um, so I just, Dallas is so bad. The question is, um, can the red rifle do anything? Can he move the offense? Because he didn't move the ball at all against um, the Cardinals last week. What was that sound? I don't want to wait. that sound? No. Okay. All right. Yeah, so I don't know. I mean, Dallas's um, defense obviously stinks. So um, I think Washington can move the ball. Um, the interesting thing is the line started at Dallas favored by three and a half, and the public sped it down to a pick. Yeah. So it's three and a half points. Washington is at home. I think you take Washington. And uh, to be honest with you, this isn't a game that I feel that strongly about. There's a better plays on the card. I mean, Dallas has had a ridiculous number of turnovers. So, yeah, I mean, I would probably have to side on Washington there. Love um, McLaren. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Um, could be a big, big game for him because the Dallas secondary is horrible. And uh, I'd also um, think I'm going to play a lot of the Washington defense just for um, – the fact that Dallas does turn the ball over a lot. And there's not a lot of really good options this week there. So they're cheap. Um, all right. Next game, Detroit at Atlanta. And I don't have much to say about this one. I would probably go with Detroit. Um, probably be a lot of points. I don't really like the fact I don't feel like they're letting uh, Stafford throw it a lot. Like they're running the ball a little more there. And that's probably the wrong approach against Atlanta. Um, Atlanta can score. Detroit's defense is not that good. Um, I would definitely play Kenny Galladay this week. Um, last week, uh, Justin Jefferson went off against um, Atlanta. Steve, your thoughts? I love Atlanta. And I'm going to tell you why. I, I know. It's like they're on the top of the card with Washington. It's like the two teams I get burned with, them and Houston. Uh, so it's Houston, Atlanta, Washington. So you probably shouldn't listen to anything I say here, but I'm sticking with Atlanta. The thing I really like is um, Hayden Hurst got into the action last week. He has four for four, four targets, four receptions, 57 yards and a touchdown. Jeez, well, everybody with, had a big game last well, week. Well, that's what I'm saying. So that that was the worst game out of the big hitters, which uh, wow, you know, that the was... wide receivers went off. So you had, you had Julio come back. If Julio's playing and it looks like they're managing both him and Ridley through this week, they're limited in practice, but I think they're just saving them for the game. 
I think that Atlanta is going to start to hit their stride. It's going to be the same impact where even though Houston lost last week, they looked a lot better, played a lot better, got rid of the coach, and they look like they're having fun out there. Atlanta looked the same. I know that you said you didn't think that was going to be the case with Quinn getting fired because they liked Quinn. Yeah. It was different than O'Brien well, where they now, hated O'Brien. I have to say this because we're not going to get to talk about Minnesota because Minnesota's on a bye this week. But that game last week, Kirk Cousins goes out, throws a pick on the first play of the game. And it didn't get any better after that. So, right. I mean, game script. So I really can envision Stafford not being as bad, but he's that same player, right? He only shows up for a half. There's going to be a bad half where Atlanta can hopefully pull up, uh, pull out to a big lead and just hold on uh, to not when the good half happens, whether it's the first or second half, they're not getting blown out too bad. But I, I like Atlanta. I think they're hitting on all strides. I like Matt Ryan here. I play them all. I play Matt Ryan. I like Calvin Ridley. I like Julio Jones. I all like right. Hayden Hurst. I like Atlanta a little bit more now. I think if Jones and Ridley are both out there, it, it helps them a lot. So Yeah, they both should play. Right. You talk me into Atlanta on that one. All uh, right. Carolina, New Orleans. Could I'll say, let me take this one, too, because I have a strong opinion. So if you remember from prior podcasts, Michael Thomas out, Saints suck. That's what I'm sticking with. All right. Well, yeah. So Michael Thomas is out. Emmanuel Sanders is on the COVID um, he's list. He's out, right? He's on the COVID list. So Just got put on playing. it, so there's no way he'll be back. So now you have... So who started, Manuel Sanders started showing up. They, they were throwing the ball. He was looking good. So now you have what? Quay, Quay Smith. Traquan. <laughs> Traquan Smith. Um, not a lot of big names coming out of there. No other names after that. I don't even know the other guy's names. No, and he struggled. He struggled out Michael Thomas on the field. Then he struggled even with Emmanuel Sanders the first week. And then he started finding his rhythm. So I expect him to struggle again. I like Carolina. I think they just play good defense. They play good enough defense that they no, can hold them below 30. I got I to gotta totally disagree with you on this one. Well, they're still on to run. You can run all over Carolina. A couple of weeks ago when um, New Orleans was out without Michael Thomas and everybody, when they played the Lions, they ran the ball. They used Kamara. They used um, Lat Murray. And I think um, they'll have a game plan um, that'll involve both of those guys. And I think they'll run all over um, Carolina. So I'm sticking with uh, the Saints, even though they have those injuries at wide receiver, for sure. So I'm definitely Carolina, but this, you know, the line is seven. In my mind, it's too I'll many take points. It at seven. Yeah. It's just too many points. Seven and a half, maybe not, but <coughs> not a lot of line. I think it should be three. Not a lot of line movement this week at all on a lot of these games. Don't you think it's the lines, don't you think the number's too big? You don't think no, the I think it's too about right. Drew Brees at home. Division battle. I think they run all over him. I would even I'll play take the points. I would even play Lat Murray. He had two touchdowns against the Lions um, a few weeks ago. So I think they'll use them both. I'll tell you something that I thought would never happen in my life. <clears throat> I'm starting to become a fan of Teddy Bridgewater. I don't know why I'm cheering for him. Wasn't really expecting much out of him coming into this season. Well, I guess you have the Teddy Bridgewater revenge narrative for the what half a season that he played with the Saints, but yeah, exactly. So you, I remember one one podcast I pick. I, did they play already? I don't know um, if they played already, but um, no, no, no. I think it was it was a different game they were playing. But I was referencing it was early than him being five and zero. And I know you were saying, hey, like that was kind of he didn't. They were five and zero, but they were the Saints, and they were yeah, like the best team in in the NFC last year during the regular season, um, which is a good point. And they actually lost that game, so. I had it wrong, but I like Teddy Bridgewater. He wins this game. I think I'm going to officially become a big fan. All right. Next game up, Buffalo at the Jets. So I think this is definitely a get right spot for the Bills. 
who uh, just what the doctor ordered came out strong <laughs> and have struggled the last couple of weeks against some better teams. So now they get the lowly Jets. And uh, I, yeah, I'll take the Bills all day there. They got shut out by the Dolphins last week. I think the Bills can handle them. Yeah, like even on the road, I mean, it's a 10, 10 and a half point line. It's gone down to 10 in some places. I mean, who the hell was betting the Jets? I don't know. But um, this is my survivor play of the, of the week. Buffalo's 96% of the public's on Buffalo. I really don't see how they lose this game. It is a division matchup. And technically, one of my rules is stay away from the division matchups because a lot of times uh, that's where your big upsets that you don't see coming occur. Um, but I think this, this is the week the Buffalo is a lock. <laughs> this would be huge. Buffalo should be a lock here. They're coming off two losses, right? Uh, they're looking to get right, like you said. And <clears throat> this is a uh, probably a statement game for Buffalo going on the road against the Jets. I really um, like Diggs. Dang, I, was just I mean, how say. can you not like Diggs? But the other guy that I would say is um, I'm drawing a blank on his name. The little guy who played slot for, for Dallas. Beasley? Beasley. Yeah. Look for Beasley to have a big game. He was probably cheap on the DFS. You probably get him for, I haven't looked him up, but he's probably, you know, 6,000. Um, yeah. And I would definitely play Josh Allen this week too. He's going to be running all over the place. Uh, he hasn't been running lately. And so I don't know if he will against the uh, Jets. He doesn't really have to, but all right, next game. So this is a, this is probably one of the more interesting games of the week. And I, when I, I, when I went to play our cards the other night, Steve, and I looked at your picks, I was actually surprised <clears throat> that on two of these games where I'm taking kind of the underdog, um, you were actually with me. So you were with me on this one. Um, now I don't say I feel good about it, but my pick is Houston. And I mean, everybody else would kind of say that this is going to be the bounce back for Aaron Rodgers after getting basically embarrassed last week by the Buccaneers defense, um, that he's going to come out firing. But I kind of wonder whether the Texans can watch the tape of what the Bucs did to Aaron Rodgers and kind of replicate the same thing. Now, I know they don't necessarily have the the defense that the Bucs do, um, but I think they can get enough pressure. And J.J. Watt was part of the whole get Bill O'Brien out of here, so maybe he can step up his game a little bit and get through to the quarterback. Well, the thing I noticed with Houston after they got rid of Bill O'Brien is they've been playing much more aggressive. We've talked about how loose they are, and it looks like they're having fun. They're playing a lot more aggressive, both on offense and on defense. So I think that's the key to this game. If they stay aggressive and they're not as good on defense that they can just – generate enough pressure to, to get to Aaron Rodgers with the front four. They're going to have to blitz. If they keep sending people and sending pressure, you're going to lose sometimes, but I think this is going to be a shootout. You got to keep sending pressure because that offensive line is beat up. You can force Aaron Rodgers into a turnover if you're getting a hand in his face, uh, but you can also get him to throw what happened last week a lot was, you know, poorly thrown balls or throwing them out of bounds. Can't necessarily get to him, but you can get him to throw the ball away where they're not going to have a reception. So anyway, I really like Houston here. I think there's going to be a lot of points. It's the biggest total on the card, right? It's 57. Um, but I'm not scared of that number. I think it's going to go over. Houston's been playing a lot of high-scoring games. Um, Green Bay's been putting a lot of points on the board. So I like Houston, and I like us. So a big play Houston, small play uh, over. Um, when we don't talk about the games and we sync up and have a firm, like, where we really feel strong about it, which sounds like we both are say Houston. Houston's probably a really strong play for this week for you guys out there. Now, the other thing to mention is that Aaron Jones is um, questionable with a calf injury. And that's kind of the one thing that worries me about the take is that um, you can obviously run all over Houston um, based on what 
um, my boy Derek Henry did last week. Um, my boy. So I would be concerned that um, they can kind of run the ball and, and be a little more balanced in their offense. Um, but the um, and the Packers also have an offensive lineman, David Buck. I'm not gonna be able to say that last name, but that's how you spell it. Bocketary or something like that. <laughs> I'm not even attempting it. Um, so he's doubtful. Um, so yeah, so I'm, I'm going with Houston. I mean, I look for, from a fantasy perspective, I would play Devonte Adams and Aaron Rodgers, even though I like, uh, Houston better. I think they're all going to score points. Remember you're getting a hook here right now as it stands at three and a half. So you get that extra half point that if it's a three point game, you're going to win if you have Houston, regardless of who wins the game. Yeah. And I think even if, I mean, Houston will put up a fight, it'll be a probably high scoring, um, and if you disagree with our take, then the running back for Green Bay would be a good play, whether it's Aaron Jones or um, Jamal Williams. My, my fantasy pick, this is my like alert. Like You have to roll with Brandon Cooks right now. Like I know Brandon Cooks hasn't done much in the last couple of years, but it's two weeks in a row and just happens to be the two weeks that Bill O'Brien hasn't been around. Two weeks ago, he caught eight passes, was targeted 12 times. His, I don't think he's been targeted 12 times all year. 161 yards and a touchdown. Last week, he was nine for nine, targeted nine times, caught all nine, 68 yards, a little a lot lower of a total, right? But still got a touchdown. I think you continue to look to that Watson-Cooks matchup. Um, and minimal, he's, they're going to they're gonna take attempts down the field and try to catch a bomb. So if, even if he's struggling, out of nowhere, he could have like an 80-yard bomb because the guy's one of the fastest guys on the field. Um, I really like that matchup from a FanDuel perspective. But now, wait a minute. What about the Randall Cobb revenge game? Uh, Randall Cobb is not a big enough name or player to be considered like the revenge game. Yeah, but did they throw the ball to him a few more times because it's his whole team? I mean, he was there long enough in Green Bay to be like. Yeah, I mean, possible. I mean, maybe. Uh, so are you calling that out as a look for fan? Fandle for no, fantasy? but I, I love a good narrative and the revenge narratives, you know, they come through sometimes. He's cheap in Fandle, so he's worth the flyer. Historically, I've really liked sure. Cobb. And um, I, I played him a couple times last year. He was on the Cowboys thinking that they were going to get him into the action. I'm done on Cobb for the rest of my life, for, even if he has a big game tomorrow. But I, I like the philosophy there. They could look to get him to get him involved. Brandon Cooks, though, that's my guy. All right. I'm always Fuller over Cooks. And so far, Fuller's been fairly healthy this year. He's actually stayed on the field most games. They're both putting up good numbers. All right. So now the next game on the list is Seattle at Arizona. And this game got moved from the, was it, it was four o'clock. It got moved to the eight o'clock spot. Um, but luckily it's still on the slates for FanDuel and um, DraftKings. So they didn't take that off. Um, so it'll be a little different this week. Um, All right, 820 starts, Seattle at Arizona. It's a two and a half point opening line, bet up to three and a half. Over under is 55. Where are you going? Seattle. Seattle. Yeah, we talked about how you just keep rolling with Seattle. They didn't cover uh, last week, right? Uh, well, now the line went up. I wouldn't take it to three and a half, but three. I hate that hook, especially like the three and a half, seven and a half. Yeah, it's almost like they're begging you to take Arizona here, though. I mean, I do think it'll be a close game. I think they can both. Well, Seattle's um, coming score off the bye, right? Yes. They lost or they did not cover. Then they went on a bye. So they've been resting up. The more I think about it, I mean, I, 
coming into the podcast, I didn't really want to talk about this game. Now, it's a um, division matchup. It could be tough, but I'm leaning a little towards Seattle, to be honest with you. Um, um, I'm drawing a blank on his first name, but uh, Hopkins is um, DeAndre Hopkins is questionable. Um, so that could be. He'll play. He's tough. He'll play. Yeah. He'll be on the field, but. That's something to keep an know. eye on because I if mean, he I'm, doesn't play, you've really got to look at Kirk, right? Kirk, yeah. And there's another one. Uh, Isabella, but. Isabella, they've been taking a couple cracks. If you've been watching the Cardinals game, they that's the guy that they're trying to get downfield. Um, so if he, they connect, it's going to be big points. Yeah. But Kirk um, as well, he had that huge catch. That was amazing. Did you see that one? That he was like 80 yards downfield, didn't break a stride, break his stride. Caught the ball, was almost like fully ex full extension, almost went through his fingers. Caught it, and usually you see guys slow up to try to catch the ball or go down and stop running. This was just perfect. Just continued to go into the end zone. He, they, they looked so good against Dallas. So Everybody um, looks good against Dallas. Yeah, and I would probably take the over on that one. I think there'll be a lot of points. Yeah, it's a good call. I think they're going to look to get DJ Metcalf off. Um, it's a trap shoot. It almost seems I like you got to pick one or the other DJ Metcalf or Lockett. I'm kind of leaning Lockett. I always lean Metcalf, but I'm kind of leaning Lockett on this one. Um, right, Arizona does have better um, outside cornerbacks. Uh, okay, next game is San Francisco at New England. And I don't really know what to do with this game because um, Patriots did not look good last week. Cam Newton did not look good last week. San Francisco still has a lot of injuries. Um, now, uh, Mostert is out this week. I think Jeff Wilson is questionable. So it's basically Jarek McKinnon. Um, Belichick always takes away the best player. So that knocks Kittle out of the game. Um, so I'd look Debo personally. I look for Debo Samuel to have a good game. Um, now, the one thing I would say it's Jimmy G. If anybody knows Jimmy G pretty well, it would be Belichick. So he would kind of know how to scheme. Um, around him. I just don't know if they have enough offense. I mean, I guess maybe can be back another week. He'll get, um, he's going to have to throw the ball and he has not thrown the ball very successfully this year, but he's going to have to throw the ball to beat San Francisco because he's not going to be able to stand up to the pounding that that defensive line is going to give well, to him if he starts running the ball. Most of their defensive line is hurt. Like Bosa and all those guys are That's out. That's true. Um, I also wonder, I, you know, he had that one game, I guess it was against Seattle where um, Julian Edelman had like 160 yards. He was like running down the field like and the catching 50 yard passes. Second. But I wonder if he's, you know, not, and he, he's been on the injury report questionable every week, which he kind of always has been. But um, so I kind of wonder if he's a little more, you know, injured than. And that's part of it. Edelman's a club guy. I think he's up there in Boston, like multiple times catching COVID. I think that's what his problem is. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I would lean New England for sure, but so for me, I, I you know, I'm small play. Me, I'm small play on San Fran right now, but I, I wouldn't really. I don't think I'm going to touch this game come Sunday. <clears throat> but this is a very interesting game for me because the book is out on Cam and. He he hasn't had a good passing game, but you usually see Belichick switch it up where, you know, I fully expect them to come out and try to throw the hell out of the ball because yeah, that's the way Belichick goes. Right. When you think that they're just going to run and he knows everybody's just looking at Cam to contain him, stop the run with Cam, and then he can't work the pass off that run. You shut him down and then you're golden the rest of the game. And that's what Denver really did last week. But for me, why it's so interesting as well on the other side of the ball, San Francisco, huge statement game, which we caught, which I called last week against the Rams. Were they so pumped up because that's their big rival? 
that they fall flat on their face or does it go the other way? They build momentum because people are criticizing Garoppolo. Maybe he's not as good as he, as people think they had a great game last week. So it's, I'm interested to see how San Fran responds. Do they get caught in the trap of an emotional letdown or are they really going to build momentum and show that they deserve to be in the conversation of the top, one of the top teams in the NFC. So this is a big statement game for San Francisco this week. I'm more like, let me watch and see what happens. It's a difficult one. All right, next game up, Kansas City at Denver. And I don't have much to say about this game, to be honest. Um, I would lean Kansas City. I don't know if I would take them at eight. I don't really know. I guess I just don't have a good feel on Denver. I feel like I do. And the problem with me last week was I was talking about New England, New England, New England with no concept that Drew Locke could have played. I had no idea. So then when he came in and played – you know, I think Denver's a much better team. Even on the defensive side of the ball, they feel like they're in the they feel like they're in the game. They feel like they believe in Drew Locke. I think they're a much better team. They're clearly a different team uh, when he's the starting quarterback. So what I'm looking to is this is a division matchup against a team that has a really good defense, kind of struggling, trying to find where they are on offense. It's very similar to the Chargers team. And when Kansas City went into uh, play the Chargers earlier this year, it was a very tight game. They're actually winning a lot of the game and ended up winning or losing by three to Kansas city, but they covered the number. I'm actually looking like this is a almost the exact same situation and that Kansas city or Denver will play Kansas city inside that number of eight. So I'm going to take the points with Denver. I hate to lock in as much as say Kansas city wins, but they don't cover, but that's really what I think is going to happen here. Yeah. All right. I agree with you there. All right, so the next game up is Tampa Bay at Las Vegas. And I guess this game is in question. So this got moved up to 4 o'clock so that the NFL is not left without a primetime game. Um, Now, my initial take on this game was watching Las Vegas, Like it seems like they only show up for the big games. They beat the Saints. They beat the Chiefs. So now they got Tom Brady coming to town. This would be a big game. Um, So I was leaning towards Las Vegas for sure. Um, but the um, player that has COVID is what? Why are no, you laughing? I'm, just, I'm laughing because COVID, again, this is oh. another one that's screwing up the NFL season. So, because the whole offensive line could have COVID. Yeah, so the <laughs> one of the offensive linemen has COVID, and then I guess the other four were held out because of the whole contact tracing thing that they're doing. Um, so they were close contacts, which yeah, I guess makes about sense. The offensive line, they're all standing next to each other. For, um, you guys got it. They all got to have it, right? So, but they're still, <laughs> the game is still on as of right now. And they're saying that I guess all the other four offensive linemen can still play as long as they continue to test negative. Yeah. So the update here is this, that they're all under watch. One is definitely out. The other four are if tested negative. They're, go, they're under the protocol and be tested every day. So any one of them could drop out of this game. Um, between now and Sunday. So you got to continue to monitor this situation. And, you know, I'm getting caught up in the noise of COVID, but before this even came into play, I don't know. I was, I was trying to think of a way that Vegas was going to come into this game. And um, like you said, kind of when people aren't expecting them to win, but I think Tampa is going to really come well, in and, and kick their ass. The other concern was the Tampa Bay defense with Derek Carr, but the Raiders have a good offensive well, line, but that's what's in question. We've gone two minutes talking about Tampa Bay and have not even brought up the news of the day. 
Oh, well, did you pick up Antonio Brown yet? Because I did it. Yeah, so I go in and I saw you picked him up. There's two out of four <laughs> leagues, one you picked him up, that he's still available. So I'm like, it doesn't matter now if people listen to my league are here because waiver wires go tonight. I'm taking all my free agent money and spend it on Antonio Brown. I'm all in on this guy, especially so, if Tom Brady wants him. Because if he's in Tampa, oh, Tom, Tom Brady, Brady wants him. So that Tom means Brady he's going to give him the ball. So the, the first concern is they got a lot of talent, a lot of options in Tampa Bay. But again, if Tom's saying, go get this guy, he's not going to recruit, of all people, Antonio Brown to come in and then not use him. So oh, I think I mean, it's going to hurt Godwin. It's going to hurt Evans. For sure. You know, it's going to hurt Gronk, who finally showed up and scored a touchdown last night or last week. Um. Yeah, I mean, Tom Brady loves Antonio Brown. So... So Antonio Brown is a buccaneer. He's official. Yeah, I got in my car when I left work and I heard on the radio and I was like, I got to get in and get him. And I'm in Pike Creek. There's no reception. I was like, I got to wait till I get home. So, so for the record, that's Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, Antonio Brown, Leonard Fournette. We're, we're building a Pro Bowl team here. So Pro Bowl uh, team from 2010. But so the earliest <laughs> that Antonio Brown can play, I think, is week nine. Okay. But he has to go through the covid protocol all right so what's your play in this game i mean i like tampa i think with all the the distractions with las vegas's offensive line you got to just see think that uh tampa's gonna try to maintain that level they're not gonna be able to play as well as they did last week that was like their top level effort right because who it was against as well green bay a lot of people think is top team in the nfc as well um but i think they're going to continue to build momentum and just continue to get better each week yeah, but I mean, I think to me, like Tampa Bay's defense won that game last week. It wasn't their offense. It was their defense. Yeah. And I mean, Las Vegas looked pretty good against the Chiefs. So, I mean, I think they can pull it off. The The whole offensive line is the question. That's what kind of deters me. But my initial take was Las Vegas. Yeah. So basically, I think you got to lock in on Sunday and gotta find out and what, yeah, how ravaged that offensive line becomes before the game. All right, so next game on the list is Pittsburgh at Tennessee. Um, two 5-0 teams going against each other. Somebody leaves with a loss on the record. So should this be the game of the week? I mean, it's 5-0 versus 5-0. This has to be the game of the week. Sure. It's definitely my game of the week. All right, 1 o'clock game in Tennessee. Where um, are you going? What do you like? Well, the line it is seems like, one. It one. seems like everybody is on Pittsburgh. I what's all with the hate with Tennessee? Like, well, they got to get respect. Look what they did last yeah, year. I don't know. I mean, there's, this year. there seem to be some people that think Tennessee's a fraud. I don't see how you can possibly think that they're well, a fraud. It's Tannehill. After all this time. It's about Tannehill. Well, they say like their um, efficiency, like the numbers are just like not con- like sustainable. Um, but. Well, here's the thing, because you, you look at the averages, they aren't good, right? You Derrick Henry, two yards. Derrick Henry, three yards. And all of a sudden, he's running downfield. Yeah, 94 for, yards. Yeah. Um, so, but that's I, kind of his game, too. Like, it's almost like he's got to get going. Um, they got to give him enough run. To, the, the key there is he has a coach that will loose. remain, that he's bought into the philosophy of running the ball and that he won't. You know, like we talk about Doug Peterson, he gets stopped on two runs in a row. You won't see it till the fourth quarter. You know, he quickly gives up on the game plan. That's a weakness of a lot of coaches, including Doug Peterson. This guy has a game plan and follows it to a T with subtle differences in the routes and the play calling. But it's basically run, run, run and set up the pass. And it's beautiful. It works every time. It's fundamental football. Suck them in and hit them over their head. It's beautiful to, to watch. And then on top of that, you have probably the, the elite runner in the game. 
who is just a physical specimen, man, to see him just knock people He's over. Derrick Henry's awesome. Um, I so, can't believe I'm gushing about him now. Look, I guess we're, we live to each other, live with each other. You're starting to rub off on me. So now I will say like Pittsburgh has a much better run defense than probably some of the other teams they played like Houston. Um, and uh, their left tackle Taylor Luan is out for the rest of the season. That kind of worries me a little bit. Ten, uh, Tennessee's defense is not good. That's a so, huge. That's something we got to talk about. Well, right? I so that was a concern for me. But when I I looked up, I did a little research earlier, and um, he said that the backup uh, since week three has actually played more snap more snaps than Luan. Can you pronounce his name? Uh, Ty Sombrello. I don't think I I can't even understand my own handwriting, but. His first name's Ty. Did you say sombrero? And I recall seeing Luan on the sideline a lot during the games that I've watched. So um, that makes me feel better about the Luan. Who do you like? I'm not going to go against Tennessee. I did it once this year. It didn't work out. I don't feel good about it. I could see Pittsburgh win in the game. Um, I love... I like Pittsburgh. I have Pittsburgh in a season long bet for wins over nine and a half. I also have another one season long for them to make the playoffs. They lose this game. This is Tennessee's game. There's no Pittsburgh five five and oh, I don't see them going in the road against the top notch team and becoming six and oh, making Tennessee five and one. This Uh, is not the game. Big Ben on the road. Big Ben on the road. Hasn't shown up yet this year. So he's due. Yeah. I'm going Tennessee. They're at home. Less than a field goal. This is a three-point game. Could um, be worse, though. Pittsburgh, if... The thing is, is it, Tennessee could... This could be the blowout. This I'm looking for Tennessee to really blow this team out. Oh, I don't think it's going to... Well, I don't know. I mean, if, if they turn the ball over, if, if Big Ben does show up on the road, then it could be. But otherwise, I think it could be a, um, a back-and-forth game. I think the only saving grace here is that defense. That defense is really strong in Pittsburgh. Love, Mika. All right, so next game is Jacksonville at the Chargers. And so I think this could be um, Justin Herbert's first win. Um, I like the Chargers a lot in this one. He's looked good and uh, might even be like a sleeper fantasy pick. Well, I'm torn here because the Chargers are what, one and four? Yeah. Jacksonville's one and five. Yeah. What do we always say? Two bad teams. Those are clearly bad records which indicate bad teams take the points. But I don't know if LA is a bad team. Well, I mean, you don't think Justin Herbert looked pretty good? I, well, I think now that they've inserted him that he looks pretty decent. I mean, they only, they almost got, uh, and Jacksonville's defense sucks. True. True. The, I the mean, thing, some of the games were pretty close, like the saints. I mean, they had the opportunity to win that game. It's typical chargers. So I was really on the uh, Jacksonville's bandwagon and I've taken them, a couple times recently and they've lost the game. So I kind of went back and tried to re- reanalyze Jacksonville and it's going back from the scratch. Like we started the season saying Jacksonville was on a tank, right? Mm-hmm. Garner Mishu comes out and looks like freaking Joe Montana throws three touchdowns in the first two games each. And he hasn't thrown three touchdowns since. And the team has struggled. So and they just didn't want us to that think shark, that they were tanking. That's yeah. Well, yeah, I guess. I mean, they've got me on the, on the yo-yo cause I was against Jacksonville strongly. Then I started to go on their side and I'm really like Garner Mishu, but recently they have not covered. They have not looked good. And I think that you go back. I think 
will continue to go through this this year. If Shark does not play, automatic against Jacksonville. And then you just think about it, whether he is playing to see what the matchup is. But automatically go against Jacksonville on the line if Shark's not playing because that is Garner Mishu's crutch. It's the guy he goes to on thirds down, get him out of a lot of uh, third and longs. But anyway, I believe he's playing. Do you know if he's playing this week? I um, forgot to look him up. Yeah, I'm not 100%. We'll talk a little bit and I'll look it up. But I think he played last week, but I don't know that he played the whole game or at least he didn't have a lot of stats. Yeah, I don't think he got a lot of yardage. Um, I think he was targeted, but. So, and that might have been the game where he had like a ridiculous number of targets. Like he had like 14 targets. So, no, I don't know if he's 100%. Uh, regardless, I don't even know if it matters. I mean, I wanted to say bet two bad teams take the points, but um, I think you got to go Chargers here. I'm taking the Chargers for sure. Tease it. I really like to tease. Get it down to about a pick. They're definitely going to win the game. Right? Yeah, I mean, I prefer it at seven, not seven and a half. But. All right, we got a big matchup Monday night with the Super Bowl 52 MVP going into the Rams. The I Chicago think. Bears on the road. Against the LA Rams. The Rams opened up at seven and a half point. Uh Boy, that's favorites. A, that's how do they get that? That seems not right. Well, it's down to six now. It still seems over, not right. Their total is 45. I think that Chicago just doesn't get any respect, but their record would say that they're a better team than that. What's their record compared to LA's record? Uh they're they're they only have they're one five loss. and one, right? And what's uh the Rams at least I four think and four two? And two. But yeah. I have to look it up because I went away from. Uh, Why are you making that noise again? Oh, you that's know, it could have been is. my cell phone next to it. I've had it okay. happen before on a work call. <laughs> okay, that's what it was. Yeah, um, so I, I was. I don't really have like a strong play on this game, so I'll let you do the talking. All right, because you had. I am rolling with Nick Foles the rest of the way until he doesn't cover a spread. This guy is amazing. Comes back. It's like they're never out of the game, and uh, with that defense, that defense is making me a believer. So. I think Chicago, um, I would take the points, take Chicago. The only thing is you got to look at the Rams bouncing back from those embarrassing loss against San Francisco last week. Um, but again, I firmly feel like Jared Goff can make the throws and make that team look good if they have, if he has time. He looks like an all-star. But if you get in his face like this defense is going to, he's going to look like a completely different player. He looked like a completely different player last week. Um, if you can get pressure on him, which Chicago has been able to get a pressure on everybody, and you have Nick Foles on the offense, I'm going Chicago. I'll stick with BDN until he does not cover. I mean, I would probably have to take Chicago at that line. I don't think that line looks take the right. the points, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I won't be playing it, but. All right, do you have any fantasy people written on your sheet that you want to just kind of throw out there real quick that we might have missed? No, I think I covered them all as we went through the games. All my notes here. All right, good. Well, we're slowly <coughs> creeping towards Halloween. It's okay. about a week away, um, but week so, seven seems to be like, like they have they have some good games to keep our interest. So next week uh, will be the Halloween episode. Steve, are you going to dress up? I'm actually. It's for we have twin boys that are four years old, so I probably haven't dressed up in 20, 30 years for Halloween. But this year, we, I am, we dressed up a few years ago. Remember? As what? You don't remember? Oh my god! I'm gonna wait for you to remember. Yeah, I do. That was before gonna, we were married, and I and you could talk me into anything. I'm gonna put a picture up. Um, no, during the, the video and podcast. Snow, what next was it? Snow, were you Snow White? Snow White. Yeah, you did look hot that day. I know. 
I would um, <laughs> try to marry you because you dress bust like that out, White. but I would be probably disappointed that I can't even fit it in anymore. So we won't do that. And so anyway, our kids are going as Batman and Spider Man, and we're gonna go theme. So I got Jacqueline a little. Batwoman shirt with a cape and a little mask and I'm going full out Joker style with the face paint. Feel like we're at an Eagles game. Yeah, that looks like a like a professional Halloween I'm not a face costume. painter by the way at the Eagles game. I only did that once in college. It was a bad experience. He goes to every hot. He goes to every game with a green E on his chest. Don't, yeah. Don't ever paint your face at a sporting event if you're outside and it's above 85 degrees. It, you're just looking at a disaster. All right. Any closing thoughts, Steve? Now, good luck to us. Like we said, we're usually hot this weekend of my birthday weekend. So hopefully uh, it's lucky 44. So hopefully we hit some parlay cards at Delaware Park. All right. Peace out.